Okay, so I would like to just first of all say um, I'm so excited that I have a chance to speak to one of uh, the best headshot photographers um, I know of, and I'm sure um, you don't need much of an introduction for most of people. People who don't know you probably, they, I don't know, they probably living in some different worlds and stuff. But um, I've been I've been knowing you for so many years, and um, you know I have to say that you really have huge impact on my work. And you know before we actually even get into the um, the final interview and you know all the questions what I want to ask, I just want to say that um, I'm extremely thankful for what you've done, not only for me but I think for the entire community of headshot photographers. I'm extremely appreciated, you know, all the help and, you know, that's what's something which I've been struggling a lot that, you know, there's a lot of photographers out there who never share their work. Like, you know, they never share their, their, their mm -hmm. secrets and they never share, um, you know, what they achieve and, you know, how to help some other people. So I'm really grateful that, you know, like, I think you break the spell a little bit and, you know, you were the <laughs> first one who actually start sharing you know their information sharing the the knowledge and i think that impacted a lot of lot of people out there so that's the first thing and you know before i jump into my questions um we've spoke a little bit beforehand um about mm -hmm. this but how you're doing uh with recovering of um all your stuff which is going yeah yeah I'm, I'm doing good well thank you for the kind words too by the way it's um you know a lot of people in the photography world inspired me in the beginning. So any chance, you know, that people tell me I've inspired them or helped them, it's, it's always, you know, makes, makes you feel like life is worth living. So, um, yeah, my recovery is good. Uh, you know, I, I shattered my leg in, in the motorcycle accident and it broke into about seven pieces and the doctors were miraculously able to put everything kind of back together so it, it's not your average broken leg but mm -hmm. it's it's coming along where it's too soon to tell whether there's going to be any permanent uh side effects there's parts of the leg that i still can't feel and um but you know through time it should uh should all come back everybody's given me good you know all the doctors have given me good feedback as as far as how it's healing so so are you I'm, shooting already or are you still um, I'm actually kind of starting to a little bit more. Uh, most of my work is uh, playing catch up right now with some hotel photography. Um, it's not a lot of headshot related stuff at the moment. Um, I had a bunch of hotel clients that were kind of waiting after I uh, got in the accident to, to get better. So I've got to get them taken care of. So I'm going to New York and uh, the end of April to finish nice. a job there and then up to Connecticut to uh, photograph a uh, aviation company hangar and, and terminal up, up at a private airport there. Oh, so. cool. So you're not going on your bike to the, to the New York, hey? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no. Um, probably going to give the, the bike a rest for a little while. Oh, okay. Um, I got to wait for, you know, we're kind of in the middle of some legal stuff with that. So okay. I, no, no bike, you know, uh, for a little bit. Cool. Okay. And, so, <laughs> so. Perfect. Okay. So, you know, the first question, and this is something which I always had in my mind, and this is what I want to ask you. Would you mind and tell me a little bit and walk me through the entire process, how you actually got into the cinematic headshots? Because um, this yeah. definitely um, unique style, you actually own it because I, 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 you know, whenever I post my stuff, people always refer to you. So I'm just like, okay, that's, <laughs> that's, he, this guy actually just, you know, put himself in the kind of history of photography that you know this is this is your stuff and now people just kind of copying you 
So that was something like, this is something what I want to ask you, like, was it kind of um overnight idea or did you develop this over the time? Like, if you could just give me at least some yeah. details. I think, um, well, basically what ended up happening was I, I started off shooting in my apartment um, against like a white sheet or something when, you know, white sheet, <laughs> couple umbrellas, you know, it's like you just starting out. Um, and I just didn't like it. Um, so I had been following a lot of natural light photographers. One of the, one of the guys that took my headshots when I was at acting school, he worked a lot with natural light. Um, so I started kind of shooting outside and I, I liked that much more. I was shooting, um, up on my roof and, uh, but I, I, what I didn't like was the lack of control. Mm -hmm. Um, anybody who lives anywhere where the weather is an issue, um, you know, sometimes it's cloudy, sometimes it's sunny and, and, uh, and I, I just wanted to have a more consistent look than I, I found I was getting outside. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, Joe McNally was a big inspiration on me, his hot shoe diaries and, and you know, principles of off-camera flash kind of uh, helped me formulate this. Mm -hmm. I've always been a real big fan of cinematography and movies and have been watching movies since I was a little kid. Um, so a lot of the inspiration obviously came from cinema. Uh, but I, I, I wouldn't say that I was on a specific mission to mm -hmm. create some sort of, of look. It was really just uh, born out of a sense of necessity, maybe. Mm -hmm. So I started using one flash, and, and as I started kind of figuring out how to balance the ambient and the flash and get that kind of cinematic look, it started to slowly evolve. And then once I hit it, it was like, I looked at the back of my camera and I was like, that's what I want to keep doing, yeah. you know? So, um, I, I was memorizing times a day and, mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, camera values that, that made that happen. And what I found was every, every time was a little different, you know, a cloud will go over and it'll change the exposure mm -hmm. or the sun will come out. Um, so I was, you know, doing a lot of playing around with that, that but that's basically kind of how it, Mm -hmm. It stumbled onto it. I never called them cinematic headshots okay. for the longest time. Um, I, I, a lot of my clients, when I would meet for consultations, would look at them and go, oh, these look like film stills. You know, they're so cinematic. And so I would describe them like that, but I never, the, the, there was never the cinematic headshot until the, the tutorial came around okay. and we were trying to figure out what to name it. Mm -hmm. um, and we went through tons of different names. And ended up settling on that, and and that's kind of what it's become. But um, while it is kind of you know something that I've uh, I guess popularized, um, a lot of you guys, yourself included, um, Christian Webb, there's a bunch of guys all making it their own, which I think is really good too. So um, it has you know it, it lives in a similar world, but headshots in general will always kind of live in a a similar ballpark, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be, you know, for the sake of the industry, they all kind of have to be a certain thing. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I don't know that it's, it's a, you know, it's certainly something that was at the time, nobody was really shooting. Uh, they were either shooting outdoor natural light or they mm -hmm. were shooting indoor studio. Nobody was really mixing the mixing two. The stuff, yeah. um, not that I knew of anyway. I, you know, I, I get a lot of grief sometimes because people will go, oh, you didn't invent how to, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. well. shoot <laughs> outside. It's like, no, I, I realize I didn't invent anything. It's, it's yeah. more just uh, 
in the headshot world, there was nobody really doing what I was doing yeah. at that time. So, well, you um, definitely took that to another level. And, you know, what really, um, like, turned me into this idea was that I was able to shoot pretty much anywhere, right? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, like, I, I, I don't own studio, which yeah. now I see that, you know, I don't really need a studio. And then most of my clients, they want me to come to their place. Yeah. And then, you know, this concept basically allowed me to shoot like in like offices, you know, hallways, you? anywhere, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's that's what people are getting so. It's good, out of focus. Yeah. So, okay. So, my next question is and well, I'm sure you have a lot of photographers who inspire you. So, who who's your inspiration? And it doesn't have to be, you know, hatchet photographers. Who was, who is the guy or person who's like you really look up to and you, you're getting oh, inspiration man. from? I know probably the list uh, is long, but let's say that. Yeah, the, yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot in terms of, I, you know, what inspires me probably the most on a on a cinematic level is uh, Gregory Crudson's work. Okay. Uh, I've always, if if you're not familiar with Gregory Crudson, you should be. Um, he does really high level productions, uh, and they they he ultimately brings in a movie crew to set up a scene and photograph it. Okay. Like it was in a movie. So, oh, wow. um, obviously stuff like that really gets me going. Um, I'm a big fan of Joey L's work. Um, I really enjoy Zach Sutton's work, mm -hmm. uh, his beauty photography and, and, uh, lifestyle stuff is really great. Same with John Shell. Um, if you're not familiar with John Shell, he does really beautiful lifestyle work and he always, um, I'm a big fan of expressions. Mm -hmm. Um, and it doesn't matter to me really what type of photography it is. Mm -hmm. If you're photographing a person, I've just never really, uh, I've never really got the point of shooting somebody if they're, if you're not going to capture, you know, a, a great mm -hmm. expression of them. Um, so John Shell creates amazing expressions. Um, I mean, there's, there's a whole host of other people I could go on and on about. Chris Knight does, does amazing portrait work. Um, yeah, it's, you know. <laughs> so you actually just jump into my next question. Um, and I just want to ask you about, can you tell me the recipe for a good headshot? And the reason I'm asking is that, you know, every headshot has a lot of components, right? And then whenever I found for the last or several months, whenever I started posting stuff, um, people ask only about equipment. Like nobody asks yeah. about um, phase expression. So I just want to hear from, you know, the guy who really understand this entire thing. What's the recipe for a good headshot? The, well, the, I mean, at the end of the day, we have to look at what a headshot is and what it's used for. Mm -hmm. Um, nine times out of 10, if you're, if you're photographing somebody in the acting community, a headshot's going to be looked at for maybe 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's a very important component of an actor's business, but it isn't the be all end all. At the end of the day, they, you know, the headshot is supposed to get them called in. Their resume and their talent needs to book them the role, mm -hmm. you know. So um, the headshot can open a door, but it's, you know, uh, so when we talk about components, the headshot is really meant to sell somebody, and it's not going to be something that's looked at as a portrait, you know, that is analyzed and, and body, you know, there's, there's a lot of components I think that, that make a headshot unique, but, um, I think it, it all boils down to expression. I mean, at the end of the day, if you got 10 seconds to get, uh, a, uh, 
an impression, you know, an impression of somebody, it, then the expression really needs to hit home. And so for me, it, it's less about camera and gear as it is about if, if somebody can really truly see human expression and those micro expressions and know when something's there and when something's not. Um, I, for me, that makes all the difference in the world. The, the technical stuff can always be, uh, you know, I, th I think that there's people who have a natural ability for capturing and, and, and seeing expression. And, uh, and then there's people that have a natural ability for technical, you know, lighting and, and composition and all that stuff. So to get the two of them together, I think really kind of, you know, that's the, the holy grail for a headshot mm -hmm. photographer, because I, I do believe that to a point, uh, not just anybody can do it. You know, headshot photography takes a lot of just being able to talk to a lot of random people and um, engage people on a level that gets them very comfortable very quickly. And, and sometimes that's a personality thing, you know, it's, mm -hmm. Um, I'm not a wedding photographer because that's just not my personality. You know, I want to take more time with things and weddings yeah. are too chaotic for me, but I really admire a lot of wedding photographers because it's a lot of constant creativity on the fly that, that oh, I have to kind of, you know, sit and think through a little bit more. So, um, yeah, at the end of the day, it all boils down to expression. If if you can see that, then then the rest of it will you fall got into place. Good the more frame. practice you have, perfect. Completely agree. And then you know, I think that's what also what hooked me up on headshots. That you know, I had a little bit more time because I'm coming from like the wedding photography. I shot weddings mm -hmm. for almost six years, and then you know, that's what actually just threw me off at some point that you know there's just a constant chaos like you know constantly yeah. running after the people and um yeah. there's no time to really kind of fought this through it was just like shoot 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 and then you know and i don't know maybe i was doing this the wrong way but i found with the headshot i have a time to you know play with different you know things and as you said you know looking for the perfect expression you know different ideas but with the weddings was but what I've learned from weddings, which I really appreciated, like, you know, the 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 experience what I got, that I could work fast because, yeah. you know, on the weddings, like you have to just just be on the on the ball yeah. like literally all the time, right? So Yeah. Okay, so the next thing what I wanna ask you is retouching. And you know, there's there's a huge um discussion about retouching nowadays. Um, you know, there's I would say two different sides, you know, one people just really uh, falling into like you know every image has to be retouched and has to be kind of I would say take to the next level mm -hmm. there are some who completely disagree and saying you know when it comes to the hatchet photography nothing should be retouched or edited so I, I hear kind of both sides um, like my personal take on it like you know you have to do something because there there's some imperfection which Sure. need to be looked after and then you know taking that image to the next level always kind of benefits the client yeah. and you and you know kind of you you can show completely different work so what's your opinion on that and what's how you approach this whole thing well my <laughs> my opinion i i think retouching is something that kind of evolves you know throughout your photography career i mean i was doing uh retouching you know, one way early and then now I do it differently. So mm -hmm. I think, I think ultimately everybody's in different places with retouching with regards to headshots and how much retouching gets done. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of haters that look at my work and think it's over retouched. Um, 
I'd be happy to send any of them high resolution files. Sometimes a lot of things get lost in translation on the web. And, and uh, at the end of the day, what, what I like about the cinematic approach is we're, we're effectively using uh, the same thing that they would use in, in film, which is big soft light. Mm -hmm. um, if you ever want to, you know, get a good study of that, the movie uh, uh, Meet Joe Black, the cinematographer, I was kind of heavily influenced by the lighting in that because everybody looks gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Big soft light solves a lot of problems when it comes to retouching. Um, but it also, you know, uh, when it comes to uh, the aperture I'm using too, mm -hmm. you know, and the, we're shooting, you know, 190, 180 to 200 millimeters at 3.2 um, that, that also solves a lot of retouching problems. Yes. You get focus fall off on the face. They kind of naturally smooth things anyway. So, um, and I don't think it's inaccurate. You know, I, mm -hmm. I think what, what the ultimate goal is, is to make sure that people still look like themselves. And I take great pains to make sure that whoever I'm retouching still looks like them after mm -hmm. I'm done. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of times I'll take, you know, the day or the night and, and look at it the next morning before I send it off to make sure I haven't done too much. Um, my wife works and uh, used to work in, in theater a lot. She still does. And so she'll double check me sometimes to make sure I haven't gone too far. Um, but ultimately, I also don't want to spend more time in front of a computer than is absolutely necessary. Uh, if if tomorrow the industry said, hey, we don't want to retouch any actor headshots ever again. You know, Better for us, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just less stuff I have to do. Yeah. Um, ultimately, I think, I think that, uh, you know, I... I think that as you get better at photography, you do less and less yes. retouching. Or your retouching is just even more subtle. You know, I, I'm not going to lie. I was probably more heavy-handed in the beginning. Um, but techniques and things evolved, you know. And, and I think yeah. uh, any any good photographer will tell you the same thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's Absolutely. it evolves with your, you know, the more you understand the craft, the, the easier it becomes. Um you know, in terms of technique, there's always the people that are like dodge and burn or yeah. frequency Frigid separation. Burn. I actually like both things. Yeah. I don't know why they can't both live together. Um, for me, I use frequency separation on people. I use it on hotel rooms. I use it on architecture. I use it on all kinds of things. And, and it, it really is uh, a big time saver in a lot of areas. Dodge and burn is always going to be king. If you really want the high-end, you know, beauty look, that's where you got to go for it. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think, excuse me, I think uh, frequency separation has its place. Um, you just can't do too much of it, which is yeah. why I always kind of tell people, look, do a lot on a separate layer and then scale back the opacity of that layer. Um, to something that's that's reasonable because sometimes it's it's faster to yeah. do a lot more quickly and then bring it back than it is to try and do a little you know bit at a time. Yeah. So um, that's kind of my personal approach. Um, everybody's got to find their their way. Right. I'm big on skin tones too. I, okay. I find I uh, you know when it comes to retouching, uh, if if you're not capturing the person's skin tones, then you're then you're not capturing them accurately. So yeah. I find myself desaturating oranges and yellows a lot and um things like that to get a more natural skin tone but that's also something that has it's personal evolved over the years yeah um, but yeah I, I mean it is a personal choice i think at the end of the day you know 
Photoshop is a mountain, and there's many different ways to get to the top of it. So. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think also, you know, um, after a while, we're getting more efficient, right? We see way more things. And I think um, there was a one day where... Um, I remember we had this conversation. I retouched image in the night and I would look in the morning and I was like, what the hell I've done? And you, you told me that, uh, you know, before you send that out, just wait at least 12 hours, you know, look over again after a while just to kind of see because we just completely getting lost yeah. sometimes, you know, how far we, we push this stuff. Awesome. Your eyes get tired, you know. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of things that if you're – retouching five or ten or whatever images you know by the tenth one you're like yeah (laughs) you know so um you got to kind of take a step back and and make sure it's it's all good and i do that i apply that to all my work it's not just headshot work i do that with my architectural stuff as well perfect okay so i want to go back a little bit to uh the face expression because that's something Mm -hmm. what is i I think extremely important and, and a lot of people forget about it um, and I know, you know, throughout even your uh, workshop and tutorial, um, you have some also kind of specific kind of look you're going for. Um, and then I've noticed that there's, again, some discussions, you know, over amongst the, um, the hatchet photographers that some people like, you know, smile. Some people like look more, you know, kind of subtle look. Um, and mm-hmm. I think... Also, what is, I want to actually point it out, and I want to discuss this with you because we had this little conversation actually, uh, I think, a couple of weeks ago about this beauty, fashion type of style of, you know, expressions yeah. where, you know, people look really dull and there's, there's, I would say, there's no expression. So yeah. what's the kind of expression which, um, how I can even describe this? Like, you know, what would you recommend as far which directions we should go it comes down to also personality of the person or what the headshot is used for. Like, yeah. what's your take on that? Well, I so that's that's kind of like a three part question. Um, what I so to start off, I mean, he, expressions are about two things really. They're about your eyes and your lips. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can be bang on in the eyes the expression can just be really great and intense or whatever or happy or even a smile you know it doesn't matter what it is it can be there in the eyes and ring true um but if there's awkward tension in the mouth it's it's gonna throw it off um a lot of times you know when i'm talking about the whole different you know i'm kind of big on keep having people keep their mouths closed unless they're gonna smile occasionally a mouth open works um but i oftentimes find it's like if i'm if i'm looking at you like this and then I drop that mouth open. All that power from the from the shot just falls right out onto the floor. You know, yeah. so um, I I find that the minute people do that, it just drains the life out of their eyes. Now, it, there's a lot of people that will also say that that judging good expressions is subjective. I would agree with that, like to a point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's there's obvious issues where expressions are are could be better or could be stronger. And, and it's subjective only to the point of where when a photographer starts looking at better and better expressions, they start to look at their old work and go, well, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish I'd have done it better with yeah. that person, myself included. I mean, I look at a lot of my o- older work and, and pick it apart just as, you know, uh, diligently as I would pick apart my current work. So um, I think when it comes to headshots, what, you know, the whole confidence and approachability thing is, is a phrase that gets 
thrown out there a lot, but it's it's really true. I mean, you don't need um, even actors necessarily don't need a huge range of expressions. It's it's that uh, you need something that's that's conf- confidence is what's really mm-hmm. sexy. Basically, at the end of the day, is as crappy as this sounds, sex sells, and confidence is what's truly sexy. It's not what yeah. you look like or or any of those things. It's about how grounded in who you are. Uh, and how you can portray that. So what I'm always trying to get is people to get very grounded in who they are, accept who they are and what they look like, and work with confidence through that. And that's a that's a big part of the acting world too. Um, you know, working with confidence in anything you do is is really the kind of key to success, and it's what draws other people to you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're constantly second guessing yourself or or questioning your abilities, even if you don't know what you're doing, um, then then people are going to pick up on that. So for me, um, I always try and get smiles and, and good serious expressions in every mm-hmm. session that that convey a client very grounded and very confident, and uh, but without having that air of kind of arrogance like there's Mm -hmm. you know there's a there's some and that for actors you know i i tend to look at the subtleties so when i go through a session with an actor i'll i'll say oh this looks like you know you just slept with your best friend's wife you know Mm -hmm. you got that there's a there's it's a little angry in the eyes but you got a little smirk going it's like oh well you know she likes me better than you you know uh, stuff like that. So I'll I'll, I'll try and I, I think the the more you look at expression, the better you get at finding the subtle differences in a session. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if every photographer went through all of their images and tried to cast that person as a character for each expression and really put some thought into what that character is, mm-hmm. it's going to help you better see and and better just have a, a creative mind about finding expressions. Mm-hmm. Um, even if, And they don't have to be accurate. I tell my clients this all the time. I say, look, you could be looking at me and thinking about what, you know, kind of groceries you're going to get tonight or something. But if you're, uh, if you're present and, and really in there, you know, expressions are open to interpretation in that sense. But the expression still has to be there. If it's not there and you get this blank look, yeah. then, then it's, it, it's not doing its job. You know, the lighting, I think a lot of times what happens is photographers are very self-serving about the images that they showcase. We want to showcase images with the best lighting, the mm-hmm. best, uh, you know, composition, the yeah. best hair, everything's perfect, you know, and then ultimately, sometimes they forget to compare that expression to all the other shots, mm-hmm. and uh, and sometimes it's it, it turns out to not be the best expression to showcase. So mm-hmm. I and I try and hold myself to that same standard. You know, there's there's times where I've gone, oh, you know, I wish the kicker light was a little bit not as bright or not too dark or whatever it is, um, but the expression's so rocking that that it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, with regards to the fashion world, I'm probably going to get in some trouble for saying this because I, but I really don't care. I can um, cut that I, off, so I, don't worry. <laughs> I I love fashion photography. I love the technicality of it, and I love the compositions and the and the you know the the I guess the challenges in making it. You know, it's it's a difficult genre and one that that I respect a lot of photographers who work in it. What I can't get my head around is it doesn't matter if it's 
you know, if you're photographing a person, let's say, you know, so fashion photography, the idea is to sell clothes, yes. I'm assuming, right? So a lot of times people say, oh, well, we don't want the, the model's expression too great because it's going to pull attention from the mm -hmm. clothes. And I go, well, if you show me a model that has an expression that's just rocking and they're wearing these clothes, that's going to make me go, man, I want to wear that suit. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Or I want to wear that dress or I want to look as fierce as she does in that lipstick red dress, you know, whatever it is. Absolutely. Um, so I think... I think there's a place for for better expression and fashion work, but mm -hmm. that's that's where the industry is, and I, I can't come. You know, that's that's a world I don't know the business of. So, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times, you know, those situations were at you know the photographers at the mercy of you know a creative director or an art Company, director yeah. or an ad exec or an art buyer or something. So. You know, sometimes we don't have control over those things, and and I don't want to you know knock them too hard on it, but it's like, how many pictures can I see where it's just like, yeah. you know, the, I just I don't know. I'd like to see, you know, more more interesting expressions from that world of, of photography, oh, but you know, I'm sure that they have plenty of gripes about other areas too. So yeah, you know, yeah. we could we could complain all day about yeah, what's yeah. what, but. Um, Ultimately, I think if you're going to photograph a person, let's let's get something interesting from them. Even if it's, you know, when we talk about smile shots versus serious shots, you know, I think a lot of times that's the difference with corporate work. Mm -hmm. So with corporate work, I try and get more smiles from people because that's ultimately what the company wants to sell. Mm -hmm. And that's what they tell me they, you know, the company tells me they want to sell, you know, they don't want anybody looking too serious, mm -hmm. you know, because they got to be approachable. So a great smile has an art to it, just like a story does, you know, mm -hmm. you've got the, the rising action and the climax, and then the falling action. And I find the best smiles happen just before or just after the climax. Yes. Um, and so trying to get people to laugh and capture that but to me, smiles tend to be tend to be more. Um, they're they're kind of more universally the same. Mm -hmm. A great smile is usually a great smile, and everybody yeah, knows yeah. it. Everybody can look at it and go, "Now that's a great smile." Um, there's more subtlety and and variation and interest to me in more serious expressions. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, um, and they're also you know they can be a lot harder for people. Some people come in and they can't keep them smiling. Yeah. Oh, you know? absolutely. Um, and some people don't want to smile at all, you know, so you gotta, I, that's a nice challenge to try and kind of, uh, coax out, yeah. you know, those, those expressions from either person, you yeah. know, did you I have a, find, sorry, yes, sir. did you yeah. have a chance to, um, uh, actually I was just talking on one of my vlogs. I actually, I just, uh, recently had a chance to, uh, read the book by Vanessa Van Edwards and she's like a, psychologist and she talks a lot about um the microphase expression and how to recognize mm -hmm. them and stuff like that amazing book i highly recommend it if you have a chance to okay. i'll send you and she actually talks a lot about fake smiles and she actually just yeah. break in break them into like you know just different components how to recognize them and yeah. the funny thing was like when you start really reading her stuff and kind of watching she's got some amazing youtube channel as well about those mm -hmm. informations and I look back on my shots, I'm just like, only smokes, like half of my shots, they have fake smiles. 
Yeah. And the funny thing is what she was saying that even, you know, they look like smiling and, you know, kind of the way we see it, but our brain kind of um, just basically reads them completely different that, you know, the yeah. brain knows there's a fake, right? Yeah. And I found this is so interesting because, you know, we just sometimes push people to smile and they, they fake yeah. it. And then, you know, like when you look at the shot, like you, you see the Sphinx, right? And it's kind yeah. of scary at some point because, you know, that reflects your work. And then when you see back, I was just like, holy moly, that's just bad. There's there's a thing about, you know, I, I personally never tell any of my clients to smile. Okay. I tell them, if you're going to smile, let it happen. And mm-hmm. if you're not, let it go. Yeah. And if you are going to smile, make sure, or if you're going to laugh, make sure you lean forward and bring your chin down yeah. when you laugh and not go like, because <laughs> yeah. then I can't. They're I can't. done. Um, and that usually makes them laugh in the middle of explaining to them this. Yeah. So that kind of helps loosen them up. I think um, the, the lady you're talking about is right. You know, the more headshots I look at, you know, I can, I can spot fake smiles in like two seconds mm-hmm. now. Um, and it's, and I'm, and I'm picky about it mm-hmm. and I, I want to be picky about it because like I told you before, it's about eyes and mouth. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times people get wrapped up in the eyes and the eyes are great for the smile, but the mouth is like, yeah. they've been holding that mouth for like three minutes now, you know? So, um, it, it's, it's all a matter I think of, of looking at your own work objectively, but mm-hmm. also really studying people. I think a lot of times, and I and I teach this in my in-person workshops. Um, we touched on it a little bit on the tutorial, but I really encourage headshot photographers to put the camera down and go out into the world to a to a bar or a park um, and really just study people and let people's expressions affect you. Um, and I and I think it could also be beneficial for headshot photographers to take some acting classes so that they understand. Uh, what actors are doing in front of them, but but that that also applies to everybody else. Um, the better you are at really kind of reading people and seeing people and, and allowing their expressions to affect you, and by affect you, I mean have an emotional response to it. If you're sitting in a park and somebody looks sad, you know, recognize that, hey, wow, this person looks really sad, you know, and, and really let that affect you because... The, the more you study those those expressions of people you see in everyday life and the more you let that affect you, the easier it is to look at somebody and be able to see what's true about their expression mm-hmm. and what's what may not be ringing true about their expression. Um, I, I grew up spending a lot of time just people watching. And um, when I was a kid, I used to like go to the mall and like somebody would be talking on their phone or and I'd, I'd make up stories backstories for why they're at the mall or whatever it is. So I, I think, you know, a little bit of role playing in that, in that regard and, and really kind of really studying human beings is going to make you a better headshot photographer. So there's a lot of times where I don't, I don't carry the whole mantra of I take my camera with me everywhere. Mm-hmm. I actually yeah. don't do that a lot of the time. Um, unless I know I'm going somewhere awesome, but uh, for the most part, I'm always, I'm always people watching. And part of that comes from like a bartending acting background mm-hmm. where, you know, as a bartender, I had to learn to speak to anybody about anything at all states of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, drunkenness or whatever. So that kind of, but people then real, right? So that you can, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
one bartending is a little bit like watching two trains kind of head on collide yeah. in slow motion and and uh you know everybody starts out sober and then by the end of the night it's you know um so it, it's an interesting social place too um bars and restaurants are are interesting that way because you know you'll inevitably see a guy at the end of the bar who looks like he's just drinking away his really crappy day or there's you know you got maybe a, a couple and you know me and my wife actually play a game sometimes when we were bartending where we'd say uh, you know a young couple would come into the bar and say they'd be talking at a table or whatever and we'd go how how many dates do you think they've been on have oh, they okay. slept together yet um you know what's you know where are they at in this relationship have, have they kissed yet or you know um just by judging their body language and their expressions with one another you know um the leaning forward thing that we talk about all the yes. that I harp on all the time is such a powerful device with a camera because you know if i'm if i'm sitting time and energies and you know the mm -hmm. camera picks that up so um you know you can tell a lot by if if two people are on a date and the guy's just back like this yeah. you know it's like how you know they're not engaging that, now that's a very uh easy example um but you, you understand the easy ones and then after yeah. a while you start to understand the more subtle yeah. ones but the leaning one i think was one of the most powerful things ever um, and I, I think a lot of people kind of completely forget about it. Um, yeah. And then and, and it's like, you know, they have even, as you said, like, you know, good lighting and all this stuff. But there is this kind of body language, which is so kind of off, that takes this whole kind of image completely, you know, to the waist. Um, yeah. And I remember when I started pushing this leaning forward and like, I, I remember even shooting some um like you know ceos or you know people from like you know big companies and you know you kind of tell no they just yeah, like why do i have to do it and yeah. you try to explain them the, the whole concept behind it and then you know and even if sometimes i i've noticed you don't really see that on the image like you know they're leaning forward so the body's kind of back um and you know the face is forward and it's it's it, it's not as much visible on the picture but just make a hell of a difference right like you know you, yeah. you can see yeah. completely it's um it's it's really amazing uh and this is another thing i kind of took from the acting world that um you know a lot of times when they talk to actors about body language um you know they'll say things like you know putting on dress shoes makes you feel and walk differently putting on a suit makes you feel and walk differently um so a lot of times if you can get their body into the position of a universal body language sign for I'm engaged with you, which is leaning forward, forward a little bit, you know, really wanting to know what you're saying. Yes. Um, then that emotion will translate in the expression without you ever having to do anything. Um, you know, you don't have to tell them what to think or what to feel, because that was my big thing. I never wanted to tell any clients, all right, I want you to think about, I want you to pretend you're a cat in the jungle and you're mm -hmm. hunting something, you know, or whatever. I mean, people use a lot of things. I've, that's just never been my approach. So I found that if you just kind of get the body there, then eventually you'll get the expression out of them because they, they clicks, you know, they understand why they're doing it. Um, but yes, it, it, people often are leaning way more forward than, mm -hmm. uh, than it appears in the picture. Um, which I think is good for corporate people because as much as they don't want to do it, it's a really, once you get them there for like, yeah. 
one or two shots and you know how corporate is corporate stuff goes quick yes um you know you're never shooting anybody longer than five minutes or something if you got 20 of them um and so it it kind of you know if you can get it in the first few shots by just having them lean forward a little bit then um then they look at you like you're just a magician you know um which is great for for repeat business um so that's kind of how I, okay. I, I approach that. Perfect. So my next question is, I just want to ask you, you know, what have changed over the last 10 years in hatchet photography, which kind of um, inspire you the most? Like, you know, what's the changes you have seen, which, you know, kind of like make a whole of a difference right now when it comes to the hatchet photography? Because it's, I, I think looking even like everyone progressed, right, over the years. And then, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm sure... When, uh, you know, Peter Harley started his headshot, that was a kind of different story. He's kind of keep continuing this stuff. But then you bring to the table uh, the cinematic look, which I think, you know, is more unique, has some more vibrancy to the images. Mm -hmm. So what have changed, in your opinion, which has huge impact on this industry? Well, man, that's a really good question. Um, I think my trends in, in the in the headshot world are always going to be kind of circulating like they would in the fashion world. Mm -hmm. um, the the great thing about Peter's work is, you know, initially he was he was shooting everybody against white for the mm -hmm. most part. And uh, it gave your eye nowhere else to look. Like mm -hmm. all you could do is look at the person. And and that's a really cool thing. Um, and it's and it's obviously you know, it works. So mm -hmm. I think that there's always going to be a place for that. Uh, before Peter, there was, um, there was a lot of guys <laughs> doing wider three quarter shots, which I think will probably start to make a comeback within the acting world stuff. That's, you know, more from the knees up because basically in, in the acting world, uh, agents sell an actor mm -hmm. and casting directors hire an actor. So casting directors, are the ones I tend to try and shoot a little bit more for. Um, but they always want more information. The more information you can give a casting director, the better. So that's why a lot of my shots, I started not getting so tight. I started pulling back to, you know, um, the frame we're kind of in now a little bit mm -hmm. to kind of get some of these shoulder informations and, and uh, information from the, you know, the jaw and the clavicle area. Whereas sometimes, you know, years ago, the, the shots were a lot tighter and, more just face oriented so um i think it's it's evolving but ultimately i kind of feel like where headshots are the the next step is video mm -hmm. um i i think headshots from video or moving headshots i've been playing around with uh, concepts over the years for a moving headshot image um and i think eventually that's probably where it's going to move to mm -hmm. but it's 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 kind of hard to say. I feel like there's always going to be a place for the still image, but I don't think that aside from the standard, you know, horizontal crop and vertical crop, I I don't think that there's going to be you know a lot of massive change. Change, okay. Um, yeah, there's you know there's guys that are doing really amazing natural light work. Um, there's guys that are doing really amazing studio work. There's guys doing really great cinematic work. Um, so. We, I, I can't imagine where else it would go unless we started doing some sort of uh, creative color toning, like a more cinematic color toning. Mm -hmm. um, but I kind of don't see that happening because casting directors want accurate skin tone. Um, 
you know, you want to see that person as accurately as possible. Absolutely. So the, there's, there's headshots really do kind of have to live in a box in terms of, you know, how much can you, can you do with it? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people in LA doing some really cool uh, natural light work that has a very cinematic flair. So I think, you know, ultimately there's, there's room for a lot of things, but all, you know, at the end of the day, it still has to live in a creative box for the industry. Absolutely. Um, but I, I think you can push it a little bit. We'll see. Maybe. Yeah, who knows? Perfect. <laughs> okay, so the next thing what I want to actually uh, talk to you, I actually dig into your website and, you know, some of your stuff, which you've done. And I oh, pick really? like, okay. six images, which they're my favorite. Uh, so I just oh, want to yeah. show them to you. And sure. you tell me, like, a little bit of context to them. Maybe some interesting sure. story. Uh, that's so that's the first shot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is one of my favorites <laughs> one. It's, one I, I don't know, the lighting, the everything is just kind of perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he is, uh, his name is Matt Addison. And uh, he came to me when I was in New York. So the background is, is the dusk. New York blurry out of out of focus lights, which I admittedly had a hard time kind of recreating here in LA. I found different areas where I can do it um, without having to go all the way downtown. Um, but for context, that was shot maybe 15 minutes after the sun went down. Okay. He is uh, he's done. He was on a Super Bowl commercial since that shot oh, was done. Okay. He was. Um, he was on a new series called High Maintenance on HBO. Um, he's done some modeling stuff for GQ. He's also like a drummer in a band. He's a really, really cool guy. Um, but we that was kind of the end of the session, and uh, we wanted to show that he had tattoos. So if you if you look at the shot, you can see we said, hey, let's go down to the to the you know muscle shirt so that we can show the tattoos on the shoulder because that is. It's it's that shot for him is is something I should mention too that is it, it's not his everyday shot the mm-hmm. dusk shot that you see on my website those were never everyday use shots for the actor they're character shots okay um, but he's told me straight up he's gotten work from that that shot so well it seems like he got a lot of good work too hey yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah. everything starts from headshot that's amazing yeah and I mean tattoos they used to be more taboo. Um, but they're more mainstream now. So I try and showcase them whenever somebody has them, even if it's just an indication, like there's another shot on my website where a guy's got one on the chest. Um, And it just kind of, it gives people another interpretation of their character. Yes. Um, So I, I tend to look at, you know, I, once the client comes, I kind of forget about, you know, who they are, I start seeing how they're being photographed. And I go, okay, he's got cool tattoos. Like, let's make that a shot because there's going to be a role out there where you can use that. Um, So it's also about learning to educate your clients on how to use the images too. Because a lot of times your client might pick stuff that isn't as strong. So, uh, you know, once they send me a list of their images, I'll tend to go back through and say, hey, you might want to consider this one over this one. Mm -hmm. I think you look a little more, you know, edgier or bitchier in this one, which might be good for this particular role or um, you know, so I, I think really engaging your clients and, and, you know, helping them see the many different sides of their character, uh, you know, can be helpful to them. There's a lot of people that tell actors, 
I want you to go in and I want you to get a shot that's guy next door. I want you to get a shot that's, you know, best friend and blah, blah, blah. And that can put actors too much in their head sometimes. A lot of times you can indicate all those things with, uh, you know, a quick wardrobe change, some lighting and some, you know, an expression that matches that. If you're trying to go for the guy that's like the neighborhood barbecue burger flipper, you know, where everybody comes to his house, maybe he's wearing, you know, one of these shirts and he's just, hey, how are you? Maybe you should shave the beard off, you know? Absolutely. Kind of, you know, all American, whatever. So um, there's there's always a, a place. I think, you know, a lot of times you just kind of help them find it too. So For sure. Okay, so I want to show you the next shot. I have six of them. So we have to, um, yeah, well, you will tell me. So this, <laughs> so this one is, what I really like about is the face expression. And this is what we talk about, about, you know, the, the having the lips together and, you know, the, the eyes, the pose, everything is just kind of work really well in this one. So can you tell me a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So that's also one of my favorites. Okay. Um, a lot for the expression. She just killed it, you know. But there's a lot of things that make that, that, that help that expression out. Um, I'm not big that... You know, as long as people are wearing clothes that they like, I'm not real big on on you have to wear this certain thing, you know. Um, as long as the colors are kind of neutral and, you know, I just say, look, it's, it's, it's more about your expression. But that's a situation where the jacket really helps that expression. Yes. You know, if you look at if you look at that, that helps that character. What we're what we're looking at is is a, you know, a, a very much a, a character influenced shot. She's um, just recently was on the national tour for Kinky Boots, I believe. Okay. Um, on Broadway, she's been working for a very long time. Her name right off the top of my head, Heather Patterson. Okay. Is her name. Um, had a joy working with her, but that particular day, it was cloudy and dark and rain. You know, they'd rained a couple of times. I had told her, I was like, man, we might need to reschedule. She was like, you know what, let's just do it. It was uh, it was also cold. It was mm -hmm. it was early in in New York, probably in March, I think maybe time frame that shot was taken, and uh, we actually had to go to a store and get different hairspray mm -hmm. because it was super windy that day too. So uh, Tresemme number four okay. is like it's like spraying concrete on yeah, your yeah. hair. Um, and so we got it all sprayed down and, and it worked out great. And, and, uh, we got a bunch of great shots, but yeah, that was, uh, a lot of times what I do is I pick my favorite shot from the mm -hmm. expression or from the session and I retouch it and send it to him. So the shots you're seeing are all images that I pick for okay. the client. Okay. Perfect. Most of the time. Okay. So this is the next one. And this is mm -hmm. like also one of my favorite <laughs> ones. <laughs> so yeah. tell me about that shot. Um, so he was a character actor. Okay. Or he is a character actor. Um, his name, unfortunately, does escape my, my mind. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I can't remember right off the top of my head. But I do remember in the email communication going back and forth, I thought, oh, man, he, he might be kind of tough. Okay. You know, like sometimes you can kind of tell in the email they're, they're either worried about, you know, not looking good or worried about something or they're, they're unloading all these different ideas on me. And I kind of got to go, okay, wait a oh, minute. Cause yeah. like we can't spend all afternoon. <laughs> you know? Um, 
but it turned out he was probably one of the easiest sessions I've ever shot. He was so much fun. And he's, he's very much a character actor and knew he's obviously an older gentleman knew what he wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he came in with that character just ready to go. All I had to do was point the camera at the guy. And shoot it. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I coached him to lean forward a little bit, but for the most part, he had everything else. Yeah. And I think, you know, the glasses, everything, the, there's like a little tiny smile is just, yeah. everything has like amazing balance in that shot. Yeah, it's got all the ingredients. Yeah. It's definitely one of my favorites. Okay, so this one. Ah, yeah. That's that's probably one of the more well-known ones. We use that for the tutorial quite yes. a bit. Um, so people, some people are sick of seeing that shot. Okay. Um, that was another situation where uh, we wanted to get her a character shot and... You know, we decided in the pre-shoot consultation that she had the right look. And so I said, look, bring bring some kind of edgier clothing. Bring If you got like a, a funky jacket or a leather jacket, mm -hmm. bring it. Um, you'll notice that we let her keep the earrings in, which is something this was at the end of the session. She didn't have those earrings in for the entire session. But it played to that character. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that strong African-American woman, very urban, very... Uh, commanding presence which is something i wanted to have for her um and she's been on a bunch of on a bunch of uh broadway tours recently as well um she's also a dancer okay. uh caught me on the spot because i don't remember it i really want to oh. be able to remember her name but okay so i know that shot was taking on one of your workshops but i really yeah. love this shot the yeah. smile everything and i think we had yes. a little discussion there i think yeah. at some point that you know Whatever angle you would take, whatever picture you would take would, would work, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, ultimately, look, there's there's it's there's always going to be people that uh, just do this very naturally well. You know, mm -hmm. Bella's been doing a lot of modeling, um, and she's got a really fantastic grounded personality. She's also only 16. Okay. Um, which is oh, really? Amazing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just for, for the for how beautiful she is and the type of work she's doing her, her sense of personality and being really grounded in who she is and not uh, too full of herself or anything like that. All those things really played a part in how well, you know, the shoot went. I got that smile in like five, less than five minutes. I mean, yeah. she just, you know, I, I, I said a couple of things. We were going back and forth. She laughed. I went click. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an infectious smile. Yeah. You know, that's, that's one of those where you can see the eyes and the mouth are just totally on point. Um, and she's got a, a bunch from that, from that session, but that's hands down the best one. Yeah. Okay. So the last shot and I, now I think this is, uh, as you said, this is character, uh, headshot. And this is like one of my also top shots. Ah, uh, yeah. And I like the hat, like everything also is, is, is something kind of has that magical impact, which, yeah. you know, has. So he is, he is actually the founder of a company called Anti-Gravity Fitness. Okay. Uh, which is really big. It's, it's gotten really popular with anti-gravity yoga where um, he, he kind of came up with the idea of doing yoga in a hammock from the ceiling. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so his name is uh, Christopher uh he was i literally just saw him on facebook this morning his first name's christopher and uh he came to me for more press promo related shots mm -hmm. um the only thing i'm not crazy about with that shot is he wanted to have makeup 
Okay. Um, he was very uh, self-conscious. Of, uh, I wouldn't say self-conscious. He just he wanted he wanted makeup. So there's a little more makeup there than than I would have liked, but it's who he is and it's mm-hmm. what he wanted. So you do it. Um, and the top hat was another thing he he brought. Because a lot of times, I it's also a part of my hat series. I uh, for over the years have been telling actors, hey, if you got a great hat that isn't like a baseball hat, bring it with you, and we'll do some shots in it because it it kind of creates a character on mm-hmm. its own. And um, yeah, it's it's uh, you know we wanted that kind of mystical, magical thing. Um, he wasn't wearing a purple scarf. Okay. Uh, but the, the black hat and the black shirt, we found I was just losing him too much in the background. So we had him throw on the purple scarf to kind of help break that, uh, the black up a little bit. Perfect. So, yeah. Work well. Okay. So my last question is, um, what kind of impact would you like to make on headshot photography? The tough one I left to the last one. <laughs> that is a tough one. Um, <laughs> You know, I think it, at the end of the, I, I feel like the the impact I've made is is been good and positive. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I think anybody who does a creative endeavor would love to be remembered. I don't really know that thirty years from now anybody's going to remember my name, and that's okay with me. Um, hopefully, it's you know, uh, hopefully I've I've been able to help inspire and. And, you know, maybe that'll trickle down, you know, mm-hmm. maybe somebody's got, maybe somebody studied headshot work with me and, and Peter Hurley and other people, and they've got uh, a child and that child ends up growing mm-hmm. up to be a headshot photographer, you know, who, yeah, that's, know. that's a really tough one. Yeah. Um, I don't really know that uh, there's, there's a lot of people that have kind of left their mark. I mean, Peter Hurley's left his mark with, mm-hmm. with his look and signature style. Before him, um, one of my early mentors and friends, Ron Rinaldi, shot 30,000 working actors in New York and kind of invent. he popularized the three-quarter shot, which uh, exploded. He also popularized, uh, you know, the, the shrinking down of an of a image and putting it on an 8x10 instead of mm-hmm. printing it full bleed. Um, so, you know, he's left his mark as well. And, and if I can leave my mark in a similar way, like, like I feel like I might have, um, then I'm, I'm happy. You know, I, I don't know that it's an industry that's, that's getting so much bigger with so many people doing it and needing headshots that it, you know, at the end of the day, if, if five years from now or seven years from now, somebody goes, Oh, it's like a Dylan Patrick shot. I'll be happy. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, I think anybody, uh, everybody would love to to be recognized for their work and i think sharing credit with those that have inspired you along the way is part of ensuring that the people that have inspired you the most get the credit that they deserve whether or not it's it's on a you know more popular level than some or you know i i think it's important to just reflect on where you come from and how people inspired you around you and, and currently people who inspire me, you know, no, so, absolutely. um, that's a way that we can kind of share that recognition with everybody because it, it's, it's akin to most things in the creative world, artists, writers, painters, all of them would love to be recognized by their peers. And so, 
Absolutely. Um, sharing credit is, is a way that we can all do that. I think. Absolutely. I think, you know, you make huge impact on a lot of people, including myself, because, you know, I've learned so much from you and, you know, like, um, as I said, um, and then, you know, like there, there is, um, like, I have to say that my life also changed and I started shooting headshots and, you know, trying new things. And I remember watching, um, your tutorial, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. I don't care how I'm going to get there. Uh, but you know, that's what I want to do. And then, you so know, I, that opened that, completely new avenue for, for, for me. And then, you know, I, I will be thankful for life. So that's, that's kind of my few words. I'm, I'm thankful for, for you and, uh, you bring a lot of great stuff to our group and you're doing beautiful work. And, uh, it really means a lot to me when people, you know, say that I know sometimes it's hard when you're online and somebody sends, you know, you yeah. send a message to somebody and, and, uh, it's hard to really understand what it makes them feel like. But anytime anybody's ever messaged me and said, Hey, your, your work has really inspired me or you've really helped me. It, it really means a lot to me because, uh, it, it makes it worth it, you know, yes. um, conversing with a lot of people and critiquing a lot of work and, it can be very exhausting, um, and it's nice to know that it, it, it's helped people, you know, um, just as the people who have inspired me, I'm sure, would like to know that, hey, you know, Dylan's doing this thing because, you know, he was inspired by Ron Rinaldi and Joe mm -hmm. McNally and, you know, uh, Gregory Crudson and all these other people. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think that there's, it's all, it's all love, you know. Absolutely. I, I, so before we end it, I have one more question for you. And this is sure. one of the most um, requested question by, you know, some of the people I'm actually, uh, my audience is like, so what's okay. the lens do you use? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's always, you know, us photographers are such tech nerds. It's yes. always going to be gear first, everything else later. Um, I use the 70 to 200. VR2, Nikon, 2.8. Most of the time, it's 180 to 200 millimeters. Um, but really, for headshots, 105 millimeters is, is what I recommend. Yeah. Um, 85, to me, feels too close of a working distance. Um, I, what I like about the 70 to 200 is it's a little bit like you get to photograph wildlife. Yes. You know, you get to be back a little bit from the person. You're not right up in their face. Nice. Um, and I think that helps calm people down a little bit too when you're not just right in up face. in your face yeah. trying to trying to frame tight um i also like that compression and and uh you know out of focus effect that you get with uh the 70 to 200 at the 200 millimeter focal yeah. length yeah. so i had to ask this because then i would be bombarded by people it's like you know you didn't ask the most important question so <laughs> yeah yeah no it's it's fair i think it's it's easier to shoot in a lot of different types of locations with a 70 to yes. 200 harder in terms of working distance but once you get a spot that you can figure out it's easier to completely lose the background so if you're shooting in the kitchen like i know you do yeah. <laughs> uh, from time to time or you're shooting somewhere where you know you really want to destroy that background a 70 to 200 is going to do it a lot faster than faster. an 85 will so absolutely uh, Dylan, that was uh, absolutely pleasure chatting with you. Uh, I'm, I'm so thankful that you know you you accept the invitation and you find the time because I know you're going through a lot of stuff right now. 
and um yeah we covered i think a lot of stuff which yeah, there is yeah. a lot of questions which you know bugs me for a long time and you know you answered them you know uh perfectly so i i'm, I'm gonna probably also go to those uh to that interview and just kind of listen to this one more time because there's there's tons of stuff which you know okay. i think is not only inspiring but also informative so i'm sure a lot of people will be uh, uh exciting to watch this for sure well it's it's been my pleasure and I, it's great to finally get to chat with you besides Online All this stuff, online so. stuff. Perfect. Yeah.